This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But I think there's a lot of continuity. Add that to uh, a good second half of the season. Um, Bolton fans um, are pretty optimistic. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting game um, next Saturday, isn't it? Ipswich v Bolton at Portman Rose. Um, and they, they went 5-2 uh, last, last time, right. didn't they? Gab, yeah. <laughs> last season. Doesn't count, doesn't count. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and you're tuning into the pre-match show available each week on podcast and video. Joining me to preview the new League One season. I kind of said it's the pre-match show, guys. It's the pre-season show, but we haven't got a dedicated branding for that. So the pre-season show, we're going to look ahead through all 24 teams with um, my usual pre-match show buddy said brown and a special guest um efl guru gab sutton efl guru you happy with that gab Any yeah other ways I'll, I'll take it mate yeah guru yeah the yoda yeah. of the efl um this is the exciting time of the year for you isn't it gab you're doing your research and then you've got your one to 24s which seb and i'll have a bash at with probably less knowledge and experience <laughs> but um yours are coming out quite soon yeah, Rich, I'm so excited for, for firstly the new season, but also the season preview that I've got coming out. Um, if you ch- check me out on Twitter at Gab Sutton, you can see it's pinned. Uh, the date is Tuesday, the 26th is the release, 8 o'clock um, for League One, where I'm sort of giving my verdict on all 24 teams in League One, including uh, Ipswich Town. And funnily enough, I'm actually submitting it for release then this evening. So this is the last chance. You've got a big responsibility, Rich, because you could talk me into a pro Ipswich uh, prediction or oh, you could talk me out of it. So um, so we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, you've got... I'm. Um, we've described us, ourselves as the Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill of Ipswich Town supporters, as in the bit where they start to trip in 21 Jump Street. I'm, the, I'm Jonah know, I, Hill. I, I've, the name Channing Tatum as an actor rings a bell, but I, I'm not... I'm not 100%. I'll have to share you the gif. Either way, I'm Mr. Misery and Seb's Mr. Positivity. And ultimately, neither of us end up being right. Well, I generally end up being right because we typically finish 11th, Cab. But this season, um, I don't think any of us are going for 11th, are we, Seb? No, definitely not. I'm going positive, as all will be revealed. And I I think you're probably going slightly less positive, but 
certainly compared to previous years. I think we're looking forward and excited to this one, aren't we? It could be a really, really good season. And great to have Gab with us to add some proper credibility because normally the pre-match <laughs> show is you and me just discussing stuff. And then we finish the recording, we find out what we got wrong and who's left clubs and who doesn't play in what positions. But thankfully, like you said, we've got a bona fide EFL guru here to, to help us through this week. So great to have Gab with us. Well, yeah, but it's also great from my point of view to to sort of lean on uh, fans and and get their sort of more um, sort of tailored views on on individual teams. So I think I can take a lot from this as well. So great to be great to be on and, and looking forward to getting started. Ah, oh, cheers, Gab. Yeah, thanks for joining us as as Deb says. Let's let's start with Ipswich then. Um, we've talked plenty, obviously, on the Blue Monday podcast about Ipswich Town. Let's get a neutral perspective, a third party view. You're um quite active on Twitter. I'm sure you get plenty mm. of opinions when we make signings or when um players leave Ipswich and go somewhere else. But where's what's your take on Ipswich? You don't need to give us a league position, but your position on on our strength and. Um, well, we might need improvement, perhaps. Sure. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of break it down into a few sort of sections in terms. We know Kieran McKenna is a really good coach. I think pretty much the whole town fan base is pretty set on that. Um, I think defensively, there's clearly been a huge improvement. 13 goals conceded in 24 um, under his guidance is, is astonishing, really. Um, so I'm pretty confident the defence is going to be strong. Um, last season, you, under McKenna, you created a lot of chances, uh, but maybe didn't put them away. I kind of wonder if there might be a bit more reverse of that this year because I like the strikers that you brought in and I expect you to be a little bit more clinical this year. But I'm also not sure about what sort of impact losing Bursant Salina is going to have on that creative output. So I reckon there could be a little bit of a reverse between those two areas. But if you can get the creative aspect right, then I think you could go really, really strong. Can't believe Sebi's um Gav's mentioned the C word already and we're only not even a couple of minutes in. Yeah, well, that'd be another C word coming up. <laughs> well, um I mean that's a that's a now becoming a debacle and a saga, Gav. So there's not it's not impossible that Selena ends up back at Portman Road next season, but at the moment, um with this is kind of a no Selena transferred speculation area from at least for me. Other members of the team might feel differently, but interesting your thoughts on the role reversal there. Any any insights or thoughts on um, Tyrese John Jules or Freddie Ladapo from you watching other clubs last season? Yeah, um, I think Tyrese John Jules is um, a really explosive striker, very highly rated at youth level. I think he's going he's gonna to bring loads of, of pace and hopefully he can add add goals to that. Um, I think Caden Jackson could come good this year. Um, Freddie Ladapo is very much a poacher in the right system. I think he you give him a chance and I think he'll finish it. And you're also possibly in the market for a back-to-goal striker. Um, I've seen George Hurst linked and he did very well in the second half of last season at Portsmouth. So I'm actually quite confident, although your conversion rate wasn't great um, under, under McKenna, I'm pretty confident that you're going to get that right this time around. And I guess the most recent signing through the door is Marcus Harness. Um, mm. Any thoughts on him? And obviously for Portsmouth, very much a right winger. And we've clearly got Wes Burns, who's done very well under well, under both Paul Cook and Kieran McKenna, frankly. Your thoughts on where we might see him, if not a right wing, possibly somewhere else. Your thoughts on that signing? Sure. Um, I think I'm a little bit concerned that a lot of um, town fans see Marcus Harness as a replacement for Selena because I don't know if he's quite going to have the consistency for that. I don't feel like a, a lot of Portsmouth fans see Marcus Harness as someone that's going to be irreplaceable. He had some really good games last year, of course. Um 
but um, but yeah, I'm not sure he's going to quite have the consistency that you need. And I'm also just um, uh, slightly conscious, Rich, and really intrigued to get both of your views on this. If it's going to be a 3-4-3 three, three, uh, for Ipswich this season, you've got Don Ball, who's quite a destructive midfielder predominantly, Sam Morsey, who's a bit of an, an all-rounder, but they're going to have to keep a lid on the midfield because the wing-backs are going to be so high up. Hopefully you can get in a, a left wing-back that can do something similar to West Burns on the right. Um, but that, I feel, if they're going, the midfielders are going to do that, I feel Ipswich need someone who can just bring that sprinkling of genius um, in that front three um, and, and that creative element, as I mentioned before. And I don't know if I see that necessarily. Um, I think that you're probably going to have to spread the creativity out. That may work, but I just feel there is that one piece that's, uh, that's missing a little bit. Seb, do you agree with that? A little bit. I mean, yeah, at the moment in the current formation, I guess we'll be looking at the likes of Sonny Aluko and Connor Chaplin to sort of provide the ammunition for for the strikers. Now, Aluko's close control is brilliant. His awareness is brilliant. His touch is fantastic, but he is... 32, 33, so he's not going to be relied upon all season to do the business. Connor Chaplin's a player I really, really like. Obviously, he joined us from Barnsley, where he played more as a traditional kind of striker, um, but he's kind of dropped deeper in his time at Ipswich, and I think this will be a really, really big season for him. He, he did decently last year, I thought. He didn't start as many games as he probably wanted to and still finished with 10 to 11 goals, but I, I know what you're saying, but when Selena rejoins at the end of next week, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no pressure there. Well, let's... Um... Any any other th- questions or thoughts on Ipswich Town before we move on, guys? Um, well, I think that's pretty much covered it. I think probably bringing in another left wing back is going to be quite key. Um, I don't mind the signing of Greg Lee because I think part of the reason he left was more him not likely to being likely to accept a new contract as Morecambe as opposed to him being released by them, although that's what it looks like on paper. So I think he'll be a good squad player, but I'd probably want to be looking at another option. And if you can bring in someone who can really bring a little bit of quality to take some of the attention off Wes Burns, he does such a good job, doesn't he, on the right, then I think that could go a long way. Good stuff, Gab. Thanks for that. Um, some really good insights. Let's start, shall we, the rest of League One. In, let's do it in alphabetical order. Um, let's start with Accrington Stanley, guys. Who are they exactly? Um, <laughs> I bet you're, you're wishing you don't know who they are, given your trips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the marker, isn't it? The previous, I think the first two seasons down, it was all going brilliantly until we went to Accrington away, which normally tends to be around mid-October or mid to late <laughs> October, and things start to go very, very badly from that point onwards. So it's always an outlier as the as the potential start of the, the horrible run. Hopefully that won't be the case this year. Yeah, we've had some miserable trips to Accrington and Seb and I went there and were knocked out of the FA Cup the season before we got relegated, the season we got relegated in as well. So plenty of terrible memories there. But gents, um, I would suggest a lot weaker than um, where they were last season. Um, Ross Sykes has left Colby Bishop. And mm. the day we record this Thursday, he's just signed for Portsmouth. Matt Butcher's off to Plymouth. John O'Sullivan also a handy midfield player is has left for Bohemians in Ireland. Um, and, and Sean Wally's come in from Shrewsbury in a free gab. Um, weaker than last year? I, I think I'm, I'm going to have a real dilemma when it comes to calling Accrington Stanley because on the one hand, they've got two brilliant managers in, um, well, they've got two brilliant people in John Coleman and Jimmy Bell who have just delivered season on season well above uh, the budgetary rank. Um, and I think 
really the the challenge for me is how much stock do you put in that probably quite a lot i'd suggest but you don't want to get to the point where you just say coleman's there and and it'll all be fine because squad wise i think you're right to say that that they're a little bit weaker than last season they conceded 80 goals probably not going to have an awful lot of experience in the in the defense um but there is that feeling that john coleman can just get the best out of his resources he does it season on season so it's balancing those two things really Seb, any thoughts there? Any, I guess the big question I've got for Accrington is where the goal's going to come from. Yeah, I mean, they'll be very reliant on Sean McConville to provide all the assists again, won't they? I think he did he get 16, 17 assists last year, but he is a year older now. He must be 33, 34 yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. at the start of the season. So they'll be reliant on him again to provide the ammunition. But yeah, like you say, with, with Bishop going, I'm not entirely sure where those goals are going to come from. But I don't think they'll I, I don't think they'll go down simply because of John Coleman, you know, so experienced at this level. He knows what he's doing. Um and 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 I think they'll ultimately be okay, but it might be a bit of a, a bit of a struggle for them this year. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And uh, we need to caveat all of, I, I should have said this right at the top, is you know, there's still plenty of time left in the window, isn't there? Um, mm. And I think there's this sense that Premier League teams are, you know, we 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 are assuming that we are in for George Hurst at the moment. There's a lot of chatter that being the case. And it feels like Premier League teams making decisions as late as possible in the window as they can, suddenly lots of business will happen towards the end of the window. Is that the sense you're getting, Gab? Yeah, I think so. I think that what we saw last season was that Premier League loans um, did really well last year. And I think the thing with them is that Premier League clubs want, um, excuse me, to get a look at these lads in their pre-season tour. So Wickham, for example, got um, got Nathan Bishop on loan from Manchester United, but he's not actually joining until the, the, the week leading up to the season because United wants to get a look at him in, in Australia. So I think you're seeing a few instances like that. And then it's these loan players that could make a real difference that become available at late notice. So a lot of clubs are having this dilemma of, on the one hand, we could uh, stock up early and make sure that we've got all our parts in place and we're ready to go into the season, or do we take the the wild card option and take the chance that a top loan becomes uh, available at uh, late notice? The old waiting game. Let's move on mm. to um to Barnsley next. Um, newly relegated Barnsley. Seb, what's your take on Barnsley? I think it might be a bit of a transition season. For them. Obviously, last year was was really poor. We know they've brought in Mr. Norwood, um, who's going to have a couple of fun games against us this season. He's obviously late to the party in terms of pre-season. I think we know what that tends to mean for him, but he looks like he's in pretty good shape with his, his personal fitness regimes on Instagram and stuff. So they'll be very reluctant to score the goals because of the players they've lost. You know, having lost uh, Woodrow and uh, Morris to Luton, you know, who's going to score those goals for them? They need Norwood to stay fit and probably deliver them sort of 15, goals or so to make sure that they kind of are maybe challenging the top six but but I think they'll finish a bit short this season I think Duff's a good appointment um I think it's a sensible appointment um did really pretty well with Cheltenham sort of last year and um and, and Cadden's a good a good buy as well from Forest Green that the left back he'll certainly provide ammunition for Norwood but they need to keep him fit and get him get him involved Gab your thoughts on on Michael Duff yeah, I agree with what a lot of Seb said there. And I think Michael Duff, uh, he's just done it uh, consistently with Cheltenham. They've uh, they've, broke, they've broken records. Firstly, every FL title, highest ever finish. Um, he likes that 3-5-2 system. And uh, Cheltenham played some really good football at times last season as well. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting him to, get to, uh, to go well. And I think it's a cracking appointment as, uh, as Barnsley look to rebuild after a tough season last year, of course. 
Yeah, I, Barnsley were a difficult one for me when when it comes to our ones twenty fours. Um, a difficult one to to think about, and I kind of because of that that kind of state of flux that Seb talked about. I think probably that having having been a team that's gone through that, you know, the, certainly this time last year, every a lot more upheaval at Portman Road, and and that to me tends to I think yes, scupper teams particularly early on, and suddenly if it clicks, great. Um, but I think there's probably a bit too much work to do there. And again, I'm wondering where are the goals going to come from? Is it, if it's Norwood, great. But you know, we know that Norwood kind of sometimes plays a little bit hot and cold. He's going to work really hard. Um, but I just wonder whether there's anyone else there who's going to get the kind of 15, 20 goals that gets them into the top six. Or you hit 29 though at Tranmere a few seasons ago in League Two. So I think if you give them the ball around the edge of the box in, and he's confident and motivated in the right headspace, you know there is that potential for him to do some damage. Yep, and he will inevitably um, score against us. <laughs> when he said that's um, a given, Rich. Yeah, well, it's a given for most teams. Most most players who leave it switch as well. I think a good Joe Piggott loan, presumably, uh, pre- uh, prevents him from playing against us. Um, next up, Bolton guys. I this is a real interesting one, isn't it? Seb, you look like you want to strong. say something about Bolton. No, no, I just think I think they'll be strong this year. You know, they finished last year really, really well. Not been overly uh, busy in the market, have they? They've bought in uh, the left back from Cambridge, Jack Ayer, on, on a free transfer, and uh, James Trafford on loan from Man City, the goalkeeper. So not not overly uh, busy so far. We have still got obviously a bit of time to go in the window, but I think they'll be strong. Uh, I really like the manager. I think they finished last year really, really well, and I think that's going to be a a, a a tricky opening game at Portman Road next week. Yeah, I, I think, it's just picking up on what Seb said about uh, not too many signings. I think he's right to put to sort of point that out, but also I think the fact that they finished last season so well, and the fact that they've not really lost too many players apart from Marlon Fossey, who's on loan, they replaced him with a lad called Connor Bradley, who's at Liverpool, I think, and he's played. Um, eight times for Ireland at 18 so whether he can step up but I think there's a lot of continuity add that to uh, a good second half of the season um, Bolton fans um, are pretty optimistic Yeah it's going to be a really exciting game um, next Saturday isn't it Ipswich v Bolton at Portman Rose um, And they, they won 5-2 uh, last, last all time right. Gab, yeah, <laughs> Last season doesn't count, doesn't count We beat them 5-3 in the playoffs in 2000, Gab, how about that? Ah, um, they've never but, really recovered from that, have they? No, the Barry Knight derby, as we like to call it uh, Yeah, I think Bolton are strong on there I think Seb's right to talk about um, their format. I think they were in the top four in terms of the last six games played, in terms of points earned. They've done really well. Ian Everett, though, guys, he's already always in the news, isn't he, about something. He's tonight, he's training his players in 38 degree heat last week, isn't he? Um, is there a little bit of, I don't know, is, is this, I don't want to use the word dysfunction, but something about Ian Everett. There's a bit of chatter there. Which... There's a little bit of arrogance about him, isn't yeah. there? I think I, I, I think that, and I think that can rub a few people up the wrong way. But I also think that he's one of those where, if he was, if he was Ipswich manager, you'd kind of be, you'd be singing his name. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's that arrogance that you hate if he's an opposition manager, but sometimes you can kind of, it gets your juices flowing if he's your own manager. So that that yeah. would be my take on that. One. That's fair, fair point, Gab. Yeah, and we know we know about. Um, Dion Charles, you know, half line as well. So, um, mm. yeah, they'll be strong. Um, talking about managers with arrogance, 
and he likes to be in the press. Uh, Bristol Rovers up next, and Joey Barton. Um, Gab, your thoughts on newly promoted Bristol Rovers? Um, some experienced players have left, um, which I guess isn't a necessarily a surprise because a lot of them over th- well over thirty. If we look at Glenn Whelan and Leon Clark, mm. Brett Pittman as well was there. Nine, well, I think actually, Rich, the bigger one is probably the loanees because they have Elliot Anderson was the one on loan from Newcastle that made such a difference to their season. They also got a couple of centre backs on loan called uh, James Connolly and Connor Taylor. Connolly they've got back, Taylor they haven't, nor have nor have they got Anderson back. So I think that would be a slight concern given the importance those players were to the promotion. Um, but I think John Marquise is a, is a good uh, a good signing. I think he's someone who can be a, a focal point, who can bring the likes of your Anthony Evanses and your Aaron Collinses in. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to see how they get on after being one of the form sides of the country in the second half of last season. Yeah, and Joey Barton's got experience at this level, hasn't he, Seb? Yeah, bit. obviously he took Fleetwood into the, the playoffs, wasn't it? In the COVID curtailed season, they finished mm. in the playoffs, so he did a decent job there. And I think we were all a little bit surprised when we moved down to Bristol, but, you know, the job he did last season, that run they went on, and then that incredible last day, you know, when, when they had to hit a certain number, was it seven they had to win by or something to go up, and they managed to do it. And like Gab said, the big loss is Elliot Anderson. They've got to replace those 13 goal contributions from last season. But John Marquis is pretty experienced at this level, so he'll look to to lead the line and ship in here and there. And, and, and yeah, Barton should have just about enough to keep them above water, I think. Yeah, maybe lacking quality outside the starting eleven a little bit. Maybe more strength and depth needed there. But yeah, it'll be interesting with Bristol Rovers. I've got a soft spot for Bristol Rovers. Um, so yeah, let's see about them. Um a team that up next, guys, Burton, who under Hasselbank kind of are, are very kind of spiky in terms of or patchy in terms of their form, finished sixteenth last season. Um and guy, I don't know who wants to jump in here. I don't see them as being much stronger than they were last season. Yeah, I mean, I well, I, I just sort of like to sort of make a quick shout out. They've got a goalkeeper called uh, Viljami Sinisalo on loan from Aston Villa. And a year ago, he was on loan somewhere in Scotland and he was talked about as one of the best goalkeepers in the in Europe of his age group. So I think, and Villa gave him a three-year contract this summer. So that shows what, what they think of him. Um, I'm not sure quite what I think of Burton as a side. I think they have their limitations. But as a goalkeeper, I think he's one who could really thrive and and give them a few smashing grabs. And it's whether it's how far that could take them. I think is is the big question, really. Yeah, do we, do we know goals, if Joe Powell's it? still there? Joe Powell's in contact yeah. talks. Is, yeah, is he yeah, still there? Really? New okay. Deal. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's pretty crucial to their their business. And mm-hmm. they signed the guy from Oldham, didn't they? Keller Dunn, who scored against us in the FA Cup back in December. I thought he looked okay at the time, so yeah. I guess they'll be looking at him to score the goals. But yeah, if they, if they kept Joe Powell, that that's a big boost to them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think as a lot of the teams we talked about, I'm kind of looking at the strikers and thinking who's going to score the goals. Um, Victor Adebayo Aju, sorry, from Barnsley, signed, but I'm just not sure the the goals are there for them. And, and Hasselbank, to me, you know, big Premier League star, some God, some 15 years ago, wasn't it? 20 years ago. I just wonder whether either he's reached his ceiling with them, or or maybe this is this is kind of par for Burton. I'm not sure they'll be in any relegation danger. We recall, you know, the the amazing run they went on two seasons ago to to kind of mm. get some the sales out of trouble under under Hasselbank, but maybe kind of mid table League One is is kind of the, the level for Burton. Maybe that's maybe we 
shouldn't be expecting much too much more from them who knows um cambridge up next guys um is is it too simplistic gab to talk about ironside when i talk about when we talk about cambridge or you you're a friends with mark bonner um is he feeling optimistic <laughs> I've, I've had him on the show once uh, wow. yeah you know, practically went to school together didn't we no um i think um i think he's a really exciting young manager um he's um quite um quite do you know I, i'll tell you this one of the questions i asked about him when you kind of i don't know if either of you can imagine managing ipswich town and sort of how do you reconcile being a supporter of the club but also having to have that sort of calm composed sort of element and um i asked mark bonner about how he kind of reconciles those two things and his answer was uh, i'm not a fan anymore which sort of seemed wow. like a really blunt thing to say but actually when you kind of absorb it it's actually brings a bit of clarity because he's quite open about the fact that there are certain things that he can't be that you know you can't be a fan that's emotional that's biased that's you know ardent in favor of of certain things and also be this methodical um strategist if you like and it's just really interesting to hear him him say that so um i really rate mark bonner and um they've kept a lot of the squad from from last season still in place so not much not much turnover at all um intrigued to see how things go there in their second season at this level for about 20 years yeah and brophy's still there as well and you know some interesting players brought in um as in names that are not familiar from me and signings from um, Kilmarnock and um, from overseas and you know. tell, tell you what though Rich they've got a lab called Zeno Ibsen Rossi who was very close yeah. to breaking into the Bournemouth Almost. side yeah. before they added Gary Cahill and it became harder for him so I think that's a really exciting signing do you know what I, 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 I should cut this out but I'll keep it in I miss <laughs> I've, I've got I've made a typo on Bournemouth and I assumed that I'd written a team from something like Belgium or somewhere. So he's the overseas signing that I didn't recognise. He's from Bournemouth. I've got I missed out, I missed out a U. So there you go, Rossi. I I got there. Um, I guess my my two my two worries for Cambridge. The first is they kind of got safe and they beat us at Portman Road, deservingly so, um, and then kind of packed up a little bit. You know, the the job of getting safe in League One was done and their form really dropped off towards the end of the season. So that's something in terms of what I would expect Mark Bonner to be working on. You know, you, you need to sustain that. And that, you know, gives you a chance of top half, which I think would be a really good finish for them this season. And then maybe even further, who knows, with the right investment. The other, I guess, issue, Seb, and it's something that we, probably all Ipswich Town fans, stay awake at night a little bit worrying about, is does someone come in for Mark Bonner? Yeah, potentially. Uh, was it not the top twenty? Did that sort of thing about young coaches yeah, in the EFL, to... and he was he was very much listed along with Kieran McKenna, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a great, great coach, great manager. I guess they might suffer a bit of second season syndrome at this level. One player I do like we've not mentioned yet is that Sam Smith as well. <laughs> he kind of takes the, some of the goal scoring uh, burden off of off of Ironside. I quite like him. I think he got fifteen or fourteen or something last year, so he can chip in as well. But yeah, I mean, if if you know if we get to just before the World Cup and there's a, a team struggling, they might uh, Cambridge are struggling and a team higher the pyramid is sniffing around for a new manager you know he's very highly rated and i guess they could come and make a move for him just uh, just kind of throwing you onto a sort of just exploring this point for, with, with both of you um how much stock do you two put when looking at teams do you put in if they've had a good season or a good second half of the season 
and they've kept most of the squad in place because sometimes we look at these exciting new signings that all kind of roll off the tongue and they've all come in and you know that's going to lift them up but sometimes actually having that bit of cohesion that bit of synergy in a group that can make a bit of a difference i'd, I'd be really interested to hear either of your thoughts on that Absolutely agree. I mean, Christ, would we bring in 19 new players last year? And, you know, mm. we kept hearing every single week, this team needs to gel, this team needs to gel. I think the evolution as opposed to revolution we've done this season is going to be much, much more favourable when the season starts because I think on the first day of pre-season last year, we had like six players in the building and, you know, people didn't know who they were and then interviews come out halfway through the season where people say there's there's no natural leaders in the dressing room. So I personally am a big believer in continuity and looking to build. It's, it's what we were so good at back in the late 90s. You know, we had a, a a core of a good team and every year we would maybe sell somebody and bring in a couple of bits of quality add bits here and there and i think that that continuity and that's kind of you know evolution year on year is absolutely vital i don't personally look at sides that bring in five six seven eight nine ten new players with maybe a star name amongst them i, I always think to myself you know i'd personally rather that that bit of continuity and that bit of know-how from a bit of cohesion we have harry from uh, harry from bath used to do our pre-season uh, preview shows oh, yeah. and he, he he coined the term covalent bonds uh, between footballers and it's a term we refer back to so many times and it, it, it's so critical to how teams function these days so it's partnerships yeah, it's gab isn't it and I think McKenna is a really good example. And there are others in League One as well who came into their roles partway through last season. And actually, they need a pre-season to get their kind of feet under the table, as it were, as well. You know, there are a lot of managers, you know, we'll talk about Wickham. We've already talked about John Common, who've been around for quite a while. I think those are the managers who maybe struggle to keep the player. You know, they've they've got continuity. They haven't had the churn. But how do you excite and motivate those players when they, it's so familiar, whereas McKenna, I think, is an example of a manager. Um, Danny Cowley, to a lesser extent, maybe I'm trying to, I'm sure we'll come up with some of them as we go through, mm. who have had a big chunk of a season and, in, and got in some of their ideas over really quickly. And now over the pre-season, you know, they've got a squad they're happy with for a start, but can just do that um, sharing of understanding it, the ideas get to know the players a little bit better as well. And, you know, Seb says, I, I'm hopeful it's going to stand us in really good stead. And there'll be others in League One. Um, I'll point them out that will be similar. But yeah, it's a great point. Um, talking of, on the opposite side of the spectrum, let's talk about Charlton, who basically recruited Swindon um, on the back of their pretty successful League Two campaign, which ended up in defeat in the playoffs. Um, three players brought in from Swindon, um, Wallacott, Egbo and Jack Payne. Gab, um, how do you see this this kind of working out? Ben Garner obviously recruited his manager as well. We were maybe a bit surprised to see Johnny Jackson go, but talk us through your thoughts on Charlton. So I feel quite um, conflicted on Charlton because I think on one on the one hand, this is a club with a bit of a point to prove. I think that Thomas Sandgaard's got the investment, he's got the ambition to take the club forward. I think the club is lacking a little bit in terms of um, strategic guidance, in terms of how to get there, and sometimes um, that that's a little bit of a concern for me. Um, that said, I do like the appointment of Garner. I think um, he's going to try and make them a very possession-heavy side this year. Um, I like some of the recruitment as well. Ewan O'Connell from Rochdale, Rochdale. the centre-back I've liked for a while, yeah. Um, Conor McGrandles they got from Lincoln. Jack Payne they got from, from Swindon as well. Um, so I I do. I'd like some of the signings and I like the manager appointment. Um, I think that there is a club probably going to be targeting the top six, um, but it's going to be so competitive this year, isn't it? 
It is. And a lot of, I mean, there's a changing of the guard gone on there. A lot of players out as well. Uh, only three transfers so far. Steven Sessignon from Fulham at right back on loan is a decent signing, but Adam Matthews is gone. Connor Washington's gone to, to Rotherham. Chris Gunter um, popped up at AFC Wimbledon. Ben Watson, obviously getting on a little bit, but experience there. So clearly a, a strategic review of their recruitment and the age of the squad there, a factor as, as our contract's expiring. But it's always weird, Seb, to see team like Charlton you know struggling in league one isn't it yeah I mean they were the poster boy weren't they for so many years of how to run a football club and they they got themselves promoted came back down went back to the Premier League the same year that we did by winning the league and they were a a, a Premier League stable weren't they they were always there and they were so well run and they just had horrendous things with owners go on over the years haven't they and 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 that's why they are where they are it's a lot of experience you just listed some names there that's a lot of experience to leave the dressing room i understand they're trying to do a you know a a revamp and a a make up the squad differently but that that could come to bite them because sometimes you just need those that bit of experience in the dressing room don't you to to put an arm around players and to 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 give guidance and knowledge we've seen how important aluko has been for doing that and a lot of names you've mentioned there leaving i think will hurt them yeah, I mean, well, and I'm think, keeping my fingers crossed for Scott Fraser to prove us all wrong as well. I'm, I'm not letting go of that one, guys. But um, moving on, Cheltenham. Um, yeah, Wade Elliott in here, Gab. Mm. I'm, Mike Duff. It, yeah, it's going to be um, obvious. <sighs> It's going to be difficult for them without Michael Duff, given what he's he's achieved and he's such a big part of their rise. I think sometimes when this sort of thing happens, you want to try and remember it's the club that's achieved the things that they've achieved over the last few years and not necessarily just the manager. Um, and I think that it's fair for, for, for Cheltenham fans to say, well, we're not going to fall apart. Um I think on the flip side, they've lost some important players who were part of of that rise. Um, they lost defender Will Boyle. They've lost Callum Wright. Um, Kiana Tete was really good in the second half of the season. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, with Alfie May, whether he'll get some late interest. He scored 23 goals in the league alone last season. Um, so I think there's going to be some challenges ahead. Um, a lot of Cheltenham fans seem to think that they'll be, they'll just, you know, they'll be in the kind of 16th to 19th sort of bracket. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. But I think it'll be a, a challenging season for them. And, and Wayne Elliott's been around as well. He's He's got some experience coaching, but yeah, first time I think he might have been a caretaker manager a couple of times. I think at Bristol City perhaps, but yes, yeah, p- big pressure on him and I also picked out Alfie May as well as, as someone who's going to feel the pressure, I think, of trying to fire the goals for them. Yeah. Where do we go next, guys? We have to talk about Derby. I mean, crazy situation, Seb. And um, after a kind of a will they or will they not even be able to turn up and compete in the league, um, quite a shitload of recruitment. Yeah, it's going to be dad's army babysitting some real young talent isn't it they're sort of going for both ends of the spectrum they've they've signed some players which in theory on paper should be very good at this level you know Collins I think will score goals Barkhausen will score goals McGoldrick will create Hurahan is you know a bit of a cheat code at this level in midfield I would suggest Um, and at the back they've got Chester to kind of tie it all together and then I guess they're not done yet there'll still be some some more coming in I think they might do all right personally I know a lot of people saying maybe mid-table and stuff but I think Pride Park sold out every week will 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 help things. I think Rosinia is a good a good coach who I hope does well. Um, I know they've released that statement saying he'll carry on as an interim manager for now, which is kind of a you know watch this space. We might bin him off if things start to go badly a couple of months mm. into the season. 
But I think they'll do all right. I think Pride Park will become a bit of a, a bit of a, a fortress for them. And I think the players they're signing will mean that they are sort of there or thereabouts with the top six, personally. I, I think um, what we've kind of got to be careful of when judging Derby is not just looking at the names they brought in and going tick, 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 because I think a lot of these players were really good championship players five years ago. Um, they might still be, be good for League One, but I don't necessarily see that as, as a guarantee uh, because some of them might be getting on a little bit and there might, there's going to be some some fresher legs coming into, into League One. And then do you look at Derby in terms of the academy? Now, Derby have got a really good academy, but what's that balance between and i think seb was quite right to sort of touch on this you know there isn't too many uh pkh performers it's kind of the masters teaching the apprentices with not met too many um phd studiers if you like so um i think that would be that would be the one question mark for derby it looks good on paper is it going to turn out on the pitch and a, a lot of churn you know we, we've spoken about this isn't it and i said i hate to say it but there is some dysfunction about Derby off the field as well, which never seems to go away. So you you kind of hope this is just a, a settling season where maybe they you know, make a late dash perhaps for the playoffs. But a lot of expectation and probably un, undue expectation on Liam Rossini. We, I think we wish him all the very best there. Um, next up, Exeter. Um, Gab, you need to talk to us about Exeter, I think. I, yeah, I'm a bit worried about Exeter. I well, I think, and I think a lot of fans might feel might feel the same as you because they've not made any signings. And from from my perspective, I'm always a little bit careful not to base it too much on that because would you would you look at Exeter more favourably if they had released another five players and they brought another five players in? Do you know what I mean? Because they've got oh, they've got more coming in as opposed to. They've retained their key assets, so they've got players like Josh Key. Um, you may have come across him because he's been, you know, one that sort of upper League One clubs have been sort of linked with. Um, they kept hold of him so far. Um, Giovanni Brown and um, Matt Jay are their two creative sparks in attacking midfield. They've got some really talented defenders as well: Cheek Diabate, Alex Hartridge, um, Sam Stubbs as well. And um, and I think that that's the thing for for Exeter. They've kept hold of of much of their squad, but apart from the goalkeeper, really Cameron Dawson. It looks like they're going to bring in a lad called um, Alex Bath from Portsmouth to replace Dawson. We'll see how that goes. Probably want to bring in another striker as well. But I, I think that although the recruitment has been slow and they haven't brought in um, many players, they've also maybe not needed to. And um, I think that that can be worth bearing in mind. Yeah, I, I, I picked out Matt Jay, but I'm just worried that because they were the, they were quite the the lowest of the three automatic teams in terms of goals for. I just worry about that again. Pressure on Matt Jay. It's quite a small squad, but still plenty of time. So and Jet, Matt Jay actually went something like 15 games without a goal at one point oh, as well. So so yeah, I can see your point there. Um. Seb, next up, Fleetwood. If we were to pick maybe of the teams that have surprised us in terms of the quality of their recruitment, Fleetwood would be up there, wouldn't they? 
Yeah, them and Shrewsbury for me are the ones that have done decent business. You know, Callum Morton's a cracking signing from from West Brom. Josh Earls added sort of championship level experience. Obviously, we know him um, from his brief time at Ipswich. But I guess the unknown quantity about them is the management, isn't it? Is Scott mm. Brown, how's he going to do? Is he going to be a, a, a Roy Keane and get frustrated with, you know, kind of players that are, are way below what he's used to? Or is he going to galvanise the team and, and move forward? That's the the big question for me. But but Callum Morton is a, is, is a cracking signing. I think. Well, Roy Keane in his first season in management where a title so true yeah I, re- I refer to when he came to us and it all started to go very very wrong very quickly yeah <laughs> your thoughts on the recruitment there gab you think yeah expectations at fleetwood because obviously they just avoided relegation didn't they last season i think there's been a very clear strategy in terms of um youthful exuberance energy um players that are either teenagers or in this sort of early 20s bracket and um, I think many people could look at that and say, are they going to have the experience to deal with a dogfight? Are they going to have the proven quality? I think that's a valid question. Equally, I think that there's something sort of wildly unpredictable about the energy that they bring. I think they're going to look at a high-pressing template. They've got a, a manager that's been a serial winner in his playing career. Are they going to actually rough up a few teams and actually surprise a few by sort of being that in, intense? We talk about sort of experienced midfielders like a Derby, Conor Hurahan, and you know the, we think these 33-year-olds are going to be good. But then, actually, if you've got this Fleetwood side that's really... Um, gonna go after them with high energy, high octane type of football. Could that surprise a few people? Um, they've got a point to prove because they finished with 40 points last season. That was the lowest tally from memory to stay up at this level since Hull in uh, 1979-80. I've got that stat in there for you. So they've got a point to prove, but I do like the recruitment and I think Seb's right to put, point that out. Yep. Um, next up, Forest Green, kind of in a similar modes to Cheltenham, um, reeling, or maybe not, um, from the departure of kind of a focal point. Manager Rob Edwards obviously off to Watford. Um, Ian Birchnell's come in. He's got some good kind of pedigree, actually, as a coach. Um, and some good signings. I like David Davies. He's kind of combative central midfielder. Um, Harry Boyce from Sheffield United on loan. Reese Brown has returned from Huddersfield. Um, I saw Harry Boys actually. I, I was covering a, a Solihull Moors game uh, last season, and Harry Boys looked really good. So I would actually back him to step up. He's got a really good engine, and he's a very technical player as well. So although Nicky Carden is a loss, I'm quite excited to see Harry Boys get gets on. I think he could have a good season and maybe edge his way towards the Sheffield United contention. Any thoughts on Forest Green more generally? It's their first time at this level, mm. um, but uh, you know, forward thinking club off the field certainly sure um, but yeah obviously rob edwards a big loss yeah edwards is a big loss i'm i always whenever i um they've got a, a director of football called richard hughes who's very big in terms of strategy in terms of continuity and although they've lost some really important personnel rob edwards um they've also lost uh ebo adams really important player in midfield kane wilson has gone to bristol city nicky cavan um said mentioned earlier has gone to barnsley these are really big players but i also think that they've replaced them quite quickly quite smoothly with similar types of players now and even the head coach it's similar it's in virtual he's got a similar sort of way of working so even if the quality isn't as there 
in, in there in the same way. The system that got them promoted, the sort of synergy, if you like, I still think that's going to be in place. I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of structural disruption. So, yes, they've lost some quality, but I don't think that's going to destroy them necessarily. Interesting to see. Obviously, yeah, first time at this level, but I, I agree with you. There's there's something similar to MK who we're going to speak to speak about in a second where you kind of feel the manager is maybe not as important as maybe he is at other clubs. Well, well ju just on that, actually, if we can have a quick detour on that, I think sporting directors, directors of football, um, head of whatever you want to call it, I think those types of figures in football are going to become um, just considered just as important as managers or head coaches in a few years' time, because I think clubs are starting to see the importance of separating who's doing the work on the grass, who's doing the coaching side of things, and who's overseeing the operation. I think those two things are equally important, and I think that the smart clubs are going to cotton on to that. Yeah, I think I, th I think you're right. There's a trajectory there, isn't there? And a type of recruitment as well. You know, um, Let's talk about Lincoln, just dovetails mm. really neatly, have brought in Mark Kennedy, Seb, who's familiar to you know listeners to this podcast, is that quite a forward-thinking type appointment along similar lines to what Gab is talking about? I think so. Yeah, he was highly rated at us, wasn't he? Was he our under twenty threes manager, and then he got pinched Ooh. by Man City to go and do the same job, and he seems to have done done well for himself. So I think it's a, a, a decent appointment. I guess the um the I've lost the name. What's the name of the guy he replaced? Was there for ages? Link Appleton. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. Appleton was there for a, a, a while, so it's a, a bit of a revamp for them. I think it'd be another table, another year of sort of you know kind of mid mid table, lower, maybe lower mid table. They'll, they'll be relying on Anthony Scully to deliver. Mm -hmm. Now they've lost John Marquis. Um, I noticed the EADD did like an article about turnover, and they've lost thirty nine percent of their players who've left started games last season, which to me was quite a high figure. And I think they might just need this season a bit of a transition one. But 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 I think Kennedy's a good appointment, and I'm really hoping he does well because I've, I've always liked him as a coach. I've sort of kept an eye on him since he left Ipswich, and he's always seemed to do well for himself. And a couple of players signed from Bradford, Gab, Vernon um, and O'Connor. Um, mm. Yeah, any thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily um, blown away by their recruitment so far. I'm, I'm, I think Vernon and um, O'Connor are, are, are good League Two players. I'm not convinced about them in League One, but I think Seb's um, assessment was pretty much in tune with how a lot of Lincoln City fans are thinking about this season. Um, it's been such a meteoric rise for Lincoln over the last five, six years. It's been a bit of a bit of a whirlwind, really, and I think they're getting to a place where they're just looking to sell down a bit, if you like, stabilise at this level. And um, I think a lot of it, Lincoln City fans are thinking similar. They finished 17th last season. And I think even an incremental improvement on that, whilst developing some of the, the younger lads they got, they brought in a lad called um, Danny Mandre, who scored 22 goals in 32 games in the League of Ireland, uh, or no, 53 23, 22 and 53 um, for Shamrock Rovers from midfield as well, so he can hit them. Um, it's developing players like that whilst improving a little bit in terms of league performance. I think that's probably what Lincoln City as a club is going to be looking for. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. MK Dons off the back of playoff defeat. Liam Manning is, is one of these managers that I'm talking about who came in partway through the season, obviously early part of last season when Russell Martin went to, to Swansea, um, has had his whole pre-season. Now, um, obviously, loss of squat wine, um, Harry Darling are kind of the headlines there, but some some interesting recruitment. I like the recruitment of Nathan Holland from West Ham on a free. Connor Grant, I think, is highly rated from Rochdale. Um, Bradley Johnson's an interesting one, getting on a bit, 35. Will Griggs come back? Um, and Seb, Will Louis Barry come back to haunt us um, on loan? Um, your thoughts on MK, Seb? They, they kind of remind us of us in 2004-05. You know, when we lost Miller, Bent and Coochie and all the goals suddenly went from the side. I think losing Twine and Parrott is really going to help them. And I'm struggling to see where the goals are going to come from. I mean, Grigg was there on loan, wasn't he, last season, but only scored a, a couple of goals. Holland and Barry will add creativity, I guess. But for me, Holland I think... Barrett. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a headline waiting to happen. Um, I think I think they might fall away a little bit this season because you know they were so reliant on Twine and Parrot for the goals. Between them, they had 48 goal contributions. They've now got to kind of replace and find. And I think they might struggle a little bit this year. Not not struggle, but I don't think they'll they'll do anywhere near as well as they did last year. Still got Mo Isis there. I wouldn't put it past them to make another signing. I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at George Hurst or a player of that type. Potentially, themselves. yeah. That's the- that's the caveat. We're still a few, we're still weeks away from the end of the window, so they could bring people in. But I think they do need to do that to replace those goal contributions because some big players have, uh, have left. Well, well, I would just kind of apply a similar logic to what I've said about Forest Green, and I think Richter was right to make that that link, I guess, because you could look at it and say they lost Scott Twine, such an important player. Um, they've lost Harry Darling, but they've got five point four million pounds up front. For, for those two players. And they've given that to, for me, one of the best sporting directors in the country in Liam Sweeting. He's gone to the League of Ireland. They've got um, Dawson Devoy, who's a midfielder, uh, and Dara Burns, who's a kind of inverted winger, if you like. Um, they brought those two lads in. If, they, if they're if they up to scratch, then then that could be exciting. They've brought lots of players in, so the squad should be stronger um, overall. So I can see uh, Seb's point about losing those big hitters, but I also think think that the money that they've got in gives them an opportunity to really maximise that strength of recruitment. Yep, and the the old Ipswich Town network and their management team of Liam Manning, Chris Hogg, David Wright, Lewis Price, um, 
good continuity there. Again, Liam Manning might be a manager um, who um, has some attention from higher place clubs or maybe other League One clubs, depending on how seasons pan out. So I, I think MK will, I think they'll be in the playoffs, but we'll we'll come to our predictions later on. Um, the team that I'm worried about, though, Gab, Morecambe. Um, yeah, Cole Stockton, big pressure on his shoulders again. Big pressure on him. Um, I'd also like to make a, a broader point, um, Rich, about um, Derek Adams was given the autonomy to transfer list 10 players uh, this summer. And as we speak now, nine of them are still contracted to the club. And I think that they'd probably hoped that the summer would have gone slightly differently, that they maybe would have got more offers for the transfer listed players and given them more scope to have an overhaul. So I don't think that the squad of players that they're going into this season with is necessarily the squad of players that they want. And I think that Morecambe at League One level, it's their second ever season at this level, they're going to be up against it in any circumstances. So I do think that it's going to be a really tough season. Having said that, £150 for a standing season ticket at Morecambe, I think is fantastic value. I think they're going to have a raucous atmosphere. So if they can get the right sort of business in and out between now and the end of the window, then maybe they could bloody a few noses. Yeah, good luck to them. Um, but we didn't enjoy our trip to Morecambe last season, did we, Seb? So um, I'm hoping the pitch will be in better nick this time around. Um, another team, um, interesting to get your views on Given your position on MK, Seb, your position on Oxford, obviously have managed to retain um, key, some of their key players. Brannigan's yeah. still there. Henry's still there. Taylor's still there. Taylor, yeah. But obviously McNally and Sykes have gone and not a huge amount through the door either. What's your, what's your take yet, on Oxford? But- but Robinson's a, a, a good manager. You know, I like him. I like him at this level. Um, I think they'll be fine. I don't think they'll finish in the playoffs, but retaining Brannigan and Matty Taylor is crucial for them because it means they've got, you know, someone who's going to deliver some goals for them and that quality in the centre of the park. But but again, I think they will fall away to where they finished last season. Um, but but potentially, you know, if they've banked a bit of a bit of money for the players that left, was it Sykes to Bristol City? It was a free, I think. But they got some money for McNally to, to Burnley, didn't they? I guess they could still go out and maybe look to bring some additions in before the close of the window. Any thoughts on... Oxford gap. I agree with I that. think um, I think a lot of it rests on who they bring in between now and the end of the window. Um, I think they've got a decent first eleven, but I was looking at their squad earlier today, and I would say, as things stand, if they had an injury in any of about eight positions in their sort of starting eleven, theoretically. I think that would really hurt them and there'd be quite a big drop-off in quality. So I think it really does depend on what they can do now. They've, um, they're cutting it a little bit fine, I think, but um, they have been in the mix the last three seasons. They got into the playoffs two seasons running. They just missed out last year, but they still got 75 points. So I'm certainly not writing off Carl Robinson. He's a good manager at this level and he's proven that more seasons than not. But the depth is a question mark at this stage. Talking of a team who have got plenty of depth and where the expectations will be very high, Peterborough United, um, who know all about getting out of this division, obviously um, relegated from the championship um, last time out and probably among the favourites for automatic, aren't they? Good for good reasons. Yeah, I think there's um, there was a big improvement from them under Grant McCann when he took charge in February. It wasn't quite enough to keep them up, but there was a um, pretty big difference in terms of performance, in terms of results. And, and there's um, 
Darren McAnthony, the chairman, has spoken a few times about just those different demands. Grant McCann isn't actually demanding loads in terms of transfer budget. He's actually sort of pushing the envelope in terms of can we improve the sports science department? Can we have a bigger coaching staff? Can we have this, that and the structure and, and, and all this kind of thing to, to improve the overall package? And I think that's probably the exciting thing uh, about Peterborough. Um, they've uh, they've signed David Adjaboy from Sutton. He's a really energetic, unpredictable winger who I like. Um, so, yeah, I can see why people think they'll be in the mix. And Grant McCann, of course, a manager that's won this title, the title at this level before with Hull City. First to find one weakness, a couple of loanees, young loanee goalkeepers, keepers, yeah. which is mm. a strange situation, but maybe there'll be some recruitment. No, I think on that, though, Rich, you can actually get good quality goalkeepers on loan in because so many clubs prioritise experience in terms of goalkeepers that means that goalkeepers who could ability wise be good enough to play higher uh, end up becoming available for a loan deal in uh, in League One because of that sort of prioritising of experience so actually it's kind of going against the grain of the general market that means you can actually find players that are better than you might otherwise be able to get I take the example from Portsmouth and Bazzani last Bazzani, season. Yeah, he was very good, Bazzani. wasn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, the players still at Peterborough, Clark Harris, Jack Marriott, um, Ricky J. Jones, Sammy Smodic, Ryan Broom, Jack Taylor. So, yeah, there's, there's a good amount of quality there. Um, talking about another team that has retained their quality and looking to supplement it, and another manager, Gab, who I would lump into the came through partway through last season and has now got a full pre-season under his belt, Stephen Schumacher. Plymouth, guys, what do we take on? What's our take on Plymouth, Seb? Big fan. I, I like Plymouth. Uh, I like what they did last season. I like the extra stuff they've done with the, you know, the Project 35 kind of initiative and stuff as well. I think things are building nicely down there. They've re- obviously retained Connor Grant, Jeff Cott, Hardy. They're all still there. Schumacher was appointed to ensure continuity after Ryan Lowe left and, you know, played really well last year and, and I think they're a really good side and I, I kind of hope they do well again this season because I like what they're doing. I, I really like them as a, as a club at the moment. Yeah, they play the game the right way and yep. uh, home form, unsurprisingly given their location, is really key. But they were just consistent guys, weren't they? And um, my, I guess my question mark over Plymouth, there isn't many, are whether teams will take them more seriously this time around and maybe set up to stop them. I think quite a few teams just assumed, you know, you lost Hardy, Schumacher, a bit of an unknown quantity. Would the form drop off? And there was kind of a bit of tailing off in the start of the new year and they bounced back, didn't they? I just wonder whether teams will take them a bit more seriously this season, Gavin. They might not struggle, but might find themselves in a bit, in games that are a bit, a bit tighter than they were this time last season. Possibly. Um, I'm going to come back to it, though, and say that clubs that have retained so much of last season's squad, apart from pretty much other than Ryan Broom, he's the only real player that Plymouth have lost. They had him on loan last year. They brought in Matt Butcher, who's a similar sort of energetic box-to-box midfielder. Um, I really like the way they play. They're a smooth passing style. Um, they've um, they've made some some good at it. Bally Mumba on loan from Norwich is a signing that I'm particularly keen on. I'm sorry, sorry for swearing yeah, on this switch podcast. <laughs> it was a, a blind spot for me. But um, I, yeah, I really like Bally Mumba. So um, I think Ipswich have got a good squad. I think they're going to be stronger than last season. So um, uh, in yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see how they get on. Yeah, it's um yeah I'm, I think I've got a chance. Plymouth. We'll come back to that later on. An interesting team, Portsmouth. 
um, starting to do some recruitment. They desperately needed a forward. They signed Joe Piggott online from us and Colby Bishop has signed on the day we're recording this as well, I believe. And I've got a soft spot for Colby Bishop, ex-Lemington striker. Um, but Marcus, honest, we talked about he's left. What's, up, what's your thoughts on Portsmouth, guys? Gab, what's your... I mean, they should be targeting top six, but have they got the quality to do that? I um, I really rate Danny Cowley as a manager. I think he's been successful everywhere he's been. I think he's meticulous. He's got them playing um, an aggressive, high-pressing style. I think the, the question mark of quality is a valid one. And also, I'd add to that, Colby Bishop and Joe Piggott, two really good strikers, but they're quite similar because their main strike strengths are that they've um, got good hold at play, they've got a good spring, and they're hard-working but I don't know if I'd necessarily fancy them in tandem. I think you'd probably want one who can kind of run beyond them a little bit. Um, so that would be the question for me, whether Portsmouth think that they can get them playing as a duo, in which case I'd be a little bit sceptical, or whether they can bring in someone who can give them that searing pace, in which case that would be quite an exciting combination. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where I stand on Portsmouth. I think they need a they need some centre back cover as well, in my humble opinion too. So yeah. they've added Marlon Pack, haven't they, in the centre of the pitch? He'll provide yeah, a decent, decent bit of experience, and I think Ronan Curtis always tends to deliver in terms of goals and assists and stuff, don't they? So I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Port Vale, um, another promoted team, um, uh, similar kind of to Exeter. I'm probably most worried about Port Vale's chances of survival. Gab, do you agree with that? Daryl Clark, obviously. Um, in charge there, mm. a couple of signings, but yeah, goals again, probably the biggest question mark, but just general quality there. Yeah, I mean, it's quite annoying for me because I've got to submit my predictions, but it's before probably, I mean, I've heard there's a potentially seven signings that they could wow. still sign wow. still okay. between now and the end of the window. So I'm going to have to uh, go out on a limb with uh, with my prediction a little bit and not quite know what I'm backing or not backing, as it were. Um, but what I will say about Port Vale is there's a spirit about the place because um, they had quite an unpopular owner called um, Norman Smurthwaite, um up to three years ago, but then they had a takeover with Kevin and Carol Shanahan. They're Vale fans. They they brought incredible leadership. They've really galvanised the place with um, the way they engage with fans and and all the rest of it. And then Daryl Clark and David Flickcroft as director of football have kind of fed into that. So there's a spirit about the place which I think could take them a long way. And I I don't know if you feel like this as Ipswich fans, like when you've got owners that you're happy with after a long period of of not having that it does make a big difference to to the mood in the fan base and i think that's probably something to watch out for with uh, with port vale but at the moment some big concerns in terms of squad depth yeah yeah it's a fair point about the ownership and, and obviously port vale you know you rewind 20 years pretty ever present in the in at this level and they were the great in the 80s as well weren't they yeah. um yeah so getting back to maybe where they should be um, talk about a team who wants to get back where they should be or where they think they should be. Sheffield Wednesday, guys. I mean, we talked about Fleetwood's recruitment, but Seb, um, Sheffield Wednesday's recruitment, pretty eye-watering, isn't it? It is, yeah. They're just sort of going out and signing the the, the proven and the, and the and the best at this level, aren't they? You know, the deals with the players that signed from Rotherham who are so well-scored at this level. I think there'll be a bit of pressure on Darren Moore if things start slowly and it gets to... October, November time, and they're not in the mix. I think Chaz Rani might get a bit, a bit sort of nervous. Maybe look to pull the trigger, but they're 
definitely going to be challenging the top automatic positions, aren't they? Um, Michael Smith and I can't pronounce it. The other guy from Rotherham. There you go. Thank you. Uh, we'll deliver. And Barry Bannon obviously has stayed on front of the year. He's still there and he's crucial to the way they play. I like Darren Moore. I, I really like him as a manager. I always liked him when he was at West Brom. I thought he was harshly treated there. Um, obviously, in the playoffs last year against Sunderland, they kind of did well against them in the uh, in the home leg, but then crumbled in extra time. And they're certainly going to be up there and you know, a huge, a huge threat, I think, along with Peterborough to our aspirations this season. Yeah, other names to chuck at you, Gab, Will Volks from Cardiff, yeah. um, Ben Hennigan I like from Wimbledon, centre-back, Stockdale, David Stockdale, and now him from Wickham, mm. um, and Tariq Backinson signed from Bristol City today as well. So they're going for it, aren't they? They certainly are, Rich. Um, I think it's it's so easy to make a case for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I completely understand why there'd be favourites for, for automatic promotion. And um, I think they've got so much going for them in that respect and probably the best squad in the division on paper. So I'm not going to make an argument from that point of view because I think it's pretty obvious. I am going to make a point, though, about Darren Moore. Um, Seb's mentioned that he, he really likes Moore as a manager. I'm actually sitting in the unknown in the sense that I worry a little bit that maybe maybe falling into it is a little bit um, ungenerous, but I'm conscious that when he came in at West Brom, it was kind of a galvanising job after Tony Pulis and Alan Pardew and he nearly kept them up and he did really well, but that was kind of a galvanising work. And then he had a lot of individual quality at West Brom in the championship. I didn't think they were necessarily that coherent as a side generally. Um, and then at Doncaster, I feel like there were just one or two loans that just kind of elevated them towards a kind of playoff push when um, maybe they weren't necessarily that great aside aside. And uh, I just feel like, and Barry Bannon even, last season, Sheffield Wednesday, a lot of their game was give the ball to Barry Bannon. Now, that's not a bad player to rely on. But do I see Sheffield Wednesday as a team that's got a, a proper footballing structure, a proper identity that doesn't rely on individuals? That's my question mark over Darren Moore. I feel like he's relied on individuals at times in his career. Um, I think he's a fantastic person. I think he conducts himself with class and he's the type of person that you want representing your football club. So full respect to him for that. But I do think that there's better managers in this division. And I think that would be the one argument against Sheffield Wednesday. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of recall the, his Doncaster team that we drew one all with him. We're really flattering one or draw for us um and off kind of first season down the league one said maybe yeah um and being really impressed with them and obviously when he left for Sheffield Wednesday they plummeted down the division and yeah um yeah it'd be an interesting one but yeah I, th- I think both of you kind of rightly make the point that there's a level of expectation there and those signings mean that he needs to hit the ground running day one really doesn't he so um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the first manager to go in the league yeah. this season I wouldn't be surprised at all. Interesting stuff. Um, Shrewsbury, talking about a team with maybe um, slightly different levels of expectation, but Seb, you mentioned before you thought they'd done some good recruitment. Decent decent business, yeah. Che Dunkley's joined. uh, Tom Bayliss and Aidan O'Brien, I think, all add quality to to the squad. You know, uh, I know they didn't finish. They they didn't do amazingly last season, didn't pull up any trees, but I think this will be very much a transition season before they look to kind of build and maybe sort of push on next season. I'm I'm quite impressed with what they've doing. Obviously, vastly experienced manager and Steve Cottrell, who knows all about the league and all all about what's to come. And I think they'll do okay and finish relatively comfortably mid-table this year. 
Yeah, Jordan Shipley, another a couple of players in from Coventry. They've got Aloni as well, Julian De Costa as well. Um, I, I think probably that experience in Cottrell is will be enough for them, Gab. But is there a? I just look at the prevailing wisdom of owners of clubs at the moment in their recruitment and wonder whether Cottrell is maybe um, another manager who, if, if they have a poor start, might they might be looking for someone a bit more progressive. You're a, I, I don't want to um, out you as a blue nose on this podcast, <laughs> but I'm going to out you as a blue nose. Yeah, go podcast. on. You know about Steve Cottrell, obviously, as a, as a Birmingham fan. What's your thoughts on him? Um, well, yes, he, he's not particularly fondly remembered at um, at Blues. Um, Cottrell built um, one of the best teams I've ever seen at this level in Bristol City in fourteen fifteen, and um, that that was just outstanding. And I think if you can do something half as as good as that at Shrewsbury, um, they'll have a really good season. Um, and I think squad wise, um, they've um, they've improved on what they had last year. However, I do have a question mark about Steve Cottrell, probably different to what I've talked about with Darren Moore in the sense that he's um, he's very gruff and he's very grumpy. He can be a little bit short with people. He gets a little bit short with interviewers. And I, I do question from afar what his his man management style is like with, um, with the players. I think some players respond really well to that. Other players don't. Um, but I would just look at it and think he's been at, at Shrewsbury for 18 months now. And that sort of style of management can have its place. And maybe when he, and he, when he first came in, that had a real impact. It kind of uh, got something out of the players, but getting towards two years I, of of that same sort of man management style, how is that going to impact the players on a psychological level? That's a slight question mark that I have over Shrewsbury that would maybe stop me going as high on them as I would be inclined to based on um, what they've got squad wise and how they've improved on last season. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. And Seb, do, would you would you? Lump, um, and oh, there you go. I've revealed my question already. Would you put Cottrell in the kind of class of managers who are slowly finding their way out of the game now? As in Tony Pulis, Mick McCarthy, who's whose ways of doing things maybe in or maybe two D in a three D young developmental progressive coaching type environment? Because we talked about a shed load of teams at this level, including new managers at this level, who who I'd say are the are the new school. Yeah, and is Steve Cottrell maybe maybe a couple of others um, potentially? Yeah, I mean he's, he's an old school manager who wants to look after every aspect of the club and stuff, and that that kind of breed is starting to die out now, isn't it? You know, we're seeing clubs now recruit different department heads so that when managers move on, you don't get that massive overhaul in in, in management and staff that you would have got a couple of years ago because they bring somebody else in to fit around an existing structure. I mean, he's like you said, he's a bit like Mick, isn't he? When it's working, it's okay, and you kind of put up with it, but it doesn't take long for it to kind of go wrong, and then suddenly, you know, you're seeing the the, the level of football, and it's just not enjoyable anymore. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, personally, I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll do all right this season. I think they'll probably hang on. Um, but at some point, they, they will probably get bored of it and want to change. A bit of a succession plan. Um, finally, finishing things off with another playoff um, losing side. It sounds really, really harsh. Here's a statement of fact, but they're not losers. Playoff finalists. Playoff finalists. Thank you, Gav. Um, unsuccessful playoff. Finalist playoff. runners up. <laughs> um, Wickham, yeah, I mean, um, uh, Ainsworth has been around for a while. He's probably the longest serving manager, one of the longest serving managers in the EFL now, I guess. Um, 
a bit of churn there this summer, but not a huge amount of notable players coming in yet. We've mentioned a couple of Man United loanies. Mm. Um, what's your take, Gab, on Wickham? I, I wonder whether they've been found out a little bit and whether Ainsworth maybe needs to evolve the playing style a little bit. I, I think that's um, that's certainly going to be that's a valid point for, from from my perspective. Um, I think in terms of the lack of signings, one thing that uh, I think what Wickham are hoping for is that they've introduced the B team under the Cohig's ownership regime. So the, the idea is that they pick up these players that have dropped out of academies or pick up these players that are doing really well in maybe the lower reaches of the non-league circuit at sort of 17, 18, 19. And then they kind of they kind of blood them into the squad so that players gradually become sort of established uh, squad members when they don't necessarily look like that as signings in the first place, because when they sign, they think, oh, we'll just go into the B team. So that's what they're hoping will happen. I think the risk that comes with that is that, um, and I've done some digging on this as well for my season preview, they've got more players who are in their 30s than they have between the 23 to 27 age bracket. Um, So that lack of peak age performers is an issue for me because if some of the veterans like your Gareth McCleary's and your Sam Vokes have done it before in the championship, so reliable last season, if they were to drop off, then you're looking at players in the under 23s bracket to step up at a, a level that might not be organic for this stage of their development. I think that's the the bridge that you've kind of got to look out for when it comes to, to Wickham. Yeah, I, I, I've written down here, it's, 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 a, it's a squad that's a year older and it wasn't a, kind of a squad of spring chickens to begin with. I mean, Seb, your thoughts on style of play? Because I guess I think a lot of us as neutrals, sadly neutrals during the League One playoffs for yeah, for yet another season, really enjoyed the clash of approaches and styles between MK Dons and Wickham in the semi-final. And obviously Wickham's maybe experience, obviously recently relegated um at that, you know, in that season. Um Am I am I being a bit too critical of obviously there's different ways to play football? Um, yeah, I mean personally, it's, yeah, personally it's it's not for me. I don't like the style of play that we see for them, but it is effective for them. You know, they are a a team that is greater than the sum of its parts. I think it's worth mentioning the amount of experience they've lost this summer. We're in the dressing room though with mm-hmm. Stuart Stockdale and um, Akin Fenwa. Uh, yeah, all gone. I think that might hurt them in the in the dressing room. But like you say, it's a squad that is now a a year older. I thought Ainsworth might potentially move on. In the summer, I think he was linked with Blackburn at one point, wasn't he, when Mowbray was leaving? But obviously, he's hung around and stuck in there, and that's probably their greatest asset for them. They are what they are. We know you know what you're going to get when you play against a Wickham side. But being a year older, having lost that experience, I, I, I don't think they'll be in the playoffs this year, personally. By making that criticism of the style of play, it's not a criticism or necessarily a suggestion that Ainsworth isn't a good manager because I think he is, and we were quite privileged to privileged we are quite fortunate to have him as one of the pundits when we played Rotherham at the end of the season Gab and the way that Ainsworth spoke about us it's clear that he's another one of these kind of on coach who likes to develop and learn um so you know maybe there is a, a slight change in the, in the in the guard there and an evolution of the style of play but probably if you do that you risk your chances of top six and so maybe it's another it's a season of change for them but you know they'll be top 10 they shouldn't they no issues for Wickham really so um we should wait and see guys we've got through the A to Z the 1 to 24 um Gab you've mentioned it a couple of times where can you'll be giving us your 1 to 24 next Tuesday 
Um, yeah, this will have already come out by then. So that's where we can find it. Sure. So you can find it on my Twitter account. I'll um, uh, at Gab Sutton. Um, basically, previews of uh, of all twenty four clubs um, in in League One. I'm also covering the Championship and League Two. Uh, championship will be out on no League Two will be out on Monday. Championship will be out on Wednesday, and obviously League Two out on Tuesday. Really excited about that. I, I also on my Twitter account talk to fans of uh, of different clubs. So lots of interaction there with the EFL community and. I have a show called EFL Debate where I talk to players, fans, uh, managers, owners, directors, whatever, you, you name it, across the EFL. Have a lot of fun with it. It's been a fantastic experience uh, for me. So uh, do check it out. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Gab Sutton and follow the hashtag EFL Debate. Love that. Hashtag EFL Debate. Gab, thank you so much for sharing your insights and wisdom with us. We've um, kind of nicked it just ahead of your your own content release, but it'll be still definitely worth it and worth a follow just throughout. And and the discussion kind of always continues on Gab's Twitter. Um, if there's a signing coming in or a transfer rumor link, then Gab's probably your man just to get some insights there. And what's great about Gab as well, really good at taking in views and opinions from supporters. You know, there's no, there's no way that you can get to all 72 grounds. Yeah, um, exactly. I yeah. do lean on on fans so much. Um, it's really helped me kind of broaden broaden my knowledge and stuff. So um, yeah, really appreciate your engagement uh, as well. Thanks, Gab, and um, enjoy the season. You too, folks, and hopefully it's a successful one for time. There you go, Seb. Do you feel um, do you feel a little bit smarter, a bit wiser now? We've nicked all of Gab's good insights, all of his hard work. Yeah, as he was detailing all those uh, all those stats and insights we weren't aware of, I completely rejigged my finishing table for the league. So, uh, no, brilliant, absolutely superb guest, wasn't it? Added some some superb content there, and um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to the start of the season. Now, let's get yeah. on with it. Let's get on with it. Add Gab Sutton, as we we're saying. Um, we're going to finish off last couple of minutes um, with our predictions for the League One One to Twenty Four, which I think we probably need to change a little bit after after that conversation. We'll see how maybe we'll I think the intention is maybe to revisit this throughout the season and embarrass ourselves with how poorly we've done this. Yeah. It's just for fun. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Right. Let's, let's stick them on the screen. Um on the left is me, on the right is you. And I've even done a little table of differences there. Um let's talk through the big chunks of um the kind of automatics, the playoffs, and the relegation spots. Um, I guess, controversially, I need to come clean to those who are listening on the podcast. I've got Ipswich third. You've got Ipswich second. You've got Peterborough first. I'm going Sheffield Wednesday, but I might might stick Sheffield Wednesday second and Peterborough first. But yeah, I just can't bring myself to back us. Positivity. Just, no, never bet on Ipswich. So it's, it's new now. It's a different era. Things have changed, you know. Those last six months under McKenna were superb. So I know 11th to second is a crazy jump, but the business of evolution, not revolution, is setting us in good stead. If we bring in Hurst, Davis, and the C word, surely you'd be tipping us for automatic. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, but I just remember 38 years of Hurst, pretty much. Um so we'll see. But yeah, I, I mean, we're both pretty clear that Peterborough are going to be on the automatics. And Sheffield Wednesday, to be fair, you've really got kind of, is it, I've got Sheffield Wednesday. Third, I've, I've got them third. Mm. Yeah, I just, like like we spoke about with Gab, I just think a lot of pressure on more. They might take a bit of time to kick into life, given the bodies that are arriving. And I think 
if they were struggling round about October, November time, I think they'd pull the pull the trigger, which could set them back a little bit further as well. So I think they'll be fighting out. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think there'll be a kind of a three-horse race from my Peterborough Ipswich Sheffield Wednesday predictions to the end of the season. But I think hopefully for us, they might just fall slightly short. And I think Peterborough will win the league because of the quality we mentioned in, you know, Johnson, Clark, Harris, Sammy Smodich, Grant McCann won it last time he was here with Hull. They're well-schooled at this level and I, 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 I really fancy them for the title. So along with so I've got Ipswich third, so as close as to the autos as I dare So is that go. a third fighting with the autos, or do you see us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last day. Last day misery. And hopefully not, because then we we'd be the lowest favourites for the playoffs, wouldn't we? But my so playoff we, teams are Oh, Ipswich, in your world we play Bolton in the playoffs. Yeah. Ipswich, okay. Plymouth, MK Dons and Bolton, which would be scary, wouldn't it? Um yep. and you've got Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton, Plymouth, and you've got Derby. I have, yeah. So obviously we've got Plymouth and Bolton the same. We both think they're going to finish in the top sixth. Um, but I've gone for Derby. I've just got a feeling they might gate crash sixth because they're a bit jammy as well, which yeah. I know isn't any kind of scientific insight or anything. I think Pride Park full every week will make a difference. And I think some of the players they're bringing in will will do all right at this level. I can see them going on a bit of a run at the end of the season and just scraping it. And you've got MK Dons outside the playoffs. I have because I can't see who's going to replace all those goals. I know they've got Mo Issa still, but unless they go and spend some of that money, which you would assume, I mean, Twine went over a month ago, didn't he? And Parrot, obviously, they knew was going back, being recalled by Spurs, and they haven't done any any business at, at, as of this point, really, to, to replace those numbers. And I just can't see who's going to who's going to score the goals. I mean, they'll they'll win the league now. I've said that. We'll, we'll look at back at this in May time, and they'll have won the league by twenty points, and Mo Issa will have scored thirty seven goals. But I, I just can't see who's going to make that step up for them. Like I said, they really remind me of us in 2005 and we lost all those goals and the next season we just struggled i mean will griggs not going to come in and score 20 goals is he look at him start (laughs) with him um yeah i'm i as i said on the previous bit with with gab i just think there's enough of a coherent strategy and playing style that um they'll make do um i don't think they'll be anywhere near the autos but i think they'll be fifth i think they'll be in the playoffs um and we've kind of both got Wickham just outside. Yeah. Um, I've realised that I've got my spreadsheet numbers wrong there. I've need to um, redo redo my ordering. But yeah, I mean, generally, apart from Derby, both of us have got we've got quite a difference of opinion on Cambridge. You've got Cambridge and just finishing outside. I've got them mid-table because of the Mark Bonner effect. Shrewsbury, we've got quite a big variation as well. I've got them comfortably mid-table. You've kind of got them a little bit Yeah, a little, a little bit, bit further about down. Cultural thing. But in terms of the bottom four, Cheltenham, Exeter, Port Vale, we are total alignment. And then Morecambe is my team because of, I'm pretty comfortable with that. And I think Forest Green survived because of the... I think you're right. Having, yeah, having listened to Gab what he said about Forest Green, I'll be honest, I, I don't really know much about Forest Green. So having listened to what Gab said with the kind of continuity approach and some of the signings they've done, I think you might be right. I think Morecambe might well drop in and Forest Green will stick out of it. But I think Cambridge will struggle. I think they might well be down there because, you know, they're so reliant on Smith and Ironside and one injury or one drop off of form and without Mr. Houlihan there anymore to provide some assists and a dressing room presence, I think they might struggle a little bit. Neither of us have got a surprise outlier. There's always, there's always one... Um, a team that maybe no one is expecting. Um, we've not obviously not accommodated it in our own ones, 24s, but looking at the league table now, having sat through over an hour of Gab's wisdom, um, are there any teams there? I'll put the screen up here. Any teams maybe that we've 
not back to you think may have an outside bet? We've both got Fleetwood in the same place, haven't we? We've both got them in sort of 13th position. And I think if Scott Brown sort of, you know, galvanizes them and they become a one of those horrible sides to play against, no one wants to go there because it's miles from anything, it's cold and it can be wet there sometimes. I think potentially with the signings they've made, they could be a bit of a, a bit of a dark horse this season. Potentially might be the one that I might look at and think, oh yeah, maybe they might kind of, you know, push on a little bit if Scott Brown gets it right. Yeah, I think I'll agree with that. Um, good stuff, Seb. Thank you for sharing your insights and your opinions. As always, if um, you disagree with us or if you agree with us, do let us know in the comments your 1 to 24 picks or your picks for automatic playoffs and relegation. Um, and we will freeze them for posterity and then come back and look out how terribly wrong we all were. Um, but hopefully not. I kind of feel. I hope you're wrong. I want to finish in the top two. Yeah, well, I hope I'm wrong as well. There you go. That's the point to finish on. We all all hope that I'm, as always, Rich is wrong. And I'm happy to take one for the team and be wrong for the the good of everyone else. So, fingers crossed. But I'm not going to say Ipswich to be promoted or Ipswich. Be positive. If you can't be positive a week before the start of the season, when can you be? Oh, Saturday morning before Bolton. We're winning the league, 100 points, HMS Pistol League, all that kind of stuff. But writing it down, whole other ball game. So we will come back and see what, how we get on throughout the season. But as I say, do let us know what you think of your 1s 24s and um, do check out Gab's 1s 24 to see how close we are to him. I suspect there may be some differences there. Um, but all different opinions, all you know, different opinions for different needs. In terms of bits and pieces kicking off um, on the podcast, Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk, where you need to go for all your various bits and pieces of information. If you're watching us on YouTube, do pop us a thumbs up and a like. It helps nudge us up the algorithms. Um, do subscribe as well if you haven't already. Um, and you can also give us a, a tip as well if you liked what you heard and what you saw, um, you can support us through a financial donation that way or via Blue Monday UK. You can support us by Kofi or Coffee, whatever it is. Um, or you can get yourself some Blue Monday merch and get something for the bargain as well. So T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, dog bandanas, whatever you need there with Blue Monday logos on. Head over to Blue Monday um to avail yourself of our merch store um, our telegram group as well um, also linked to our blue monday rtc.co.uk first two weeks it's free it's our discussion group we love it um, a large number of you joined after we talked to about talked about it on the flagship show so yeah the debate continues 24 7 365 do you get involved it's a two-week free trial no commitment and then a monthly subscription after that and seb you're always a good endorser and an advocate for the telegram group give us your very brief review again as always like i said on sunday massive massive fan on it it's a brilliant little community it's basically twitter without the 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 clientele that we all maybe want to look and avoid a little bit you know it's a it's a great place where we get some insights we get some behind the curtains kind of peaks and stuff from certain people we've got loads of different groups on there it's just a brilliant little community that's being built come and get involved it's a fiver you get two weeks free and then it's five quid what can you spend five quid on that gives you entertainment and insight 24 hours a day because sometimes you wake up and there's like 20 messages in there so it's brilliant get on there come and give us a uh, give it a try you won't lose out and i think you'll be pleasantly surprised about the the quality of the chat and how much how many different things are, are discussed in there if we do say ourselves um and all the blue monday team are there in at various points as well so yeah great fun there so do get involved um and in terms of um new season means 
shows more routinely. So um, this coming week, um, I would hope that we have a Q&A after the South End friendly pre-match show is back, though we already know that Seb is swanning off on LA, so I wouldn't be there. But the pre-match show will be back on Friday, featuring our new League One roundup and predictions show and the flagship back on Sunday night. And we have some details, bits and pieces to announce next week about our shows and slight, slight tweaks and improvements that we have to make. So keep your eyes peeled on our socials um, and Telegram group. Probably get to hear about this a little bit in advance as well. So there's another reason to join the Telegram group. Seb? It's all exciting. It's about to start. It's like Christmas Eve, isn't it? Here we go oh, again. Season number. Happy oh, days. For me, 30, 31. I don't know. But yeah, happy times are here again. This is my 30th season. I must be a couple behind you. I must be 28 then, maybe, because I didn't, yeah. I didn't live in the town. late starter as well. So, yeah, okay. So, and okay. that season ended with a title and a promotion. There you go. There you go. If not in your predictions, to... though. Not in your world. Not in, not in my world. Your world, though. I want to be in your world. Channing Tatum to my Jonah Hill. Uh, there we go, guys. Thank you for joining us, as always. Um, Seb, thank you for your time as well and your insight. Enjoy your holiday. And we'll no doubt see you soon. And um, take care, everyone. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.